Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hello. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Time to get down. Yeah, I was going to say, taking a book. Time to get down. I just said taking a book. Like, I'm literally taking a page. You can take a book out of my library or a page out of my book. What have you works for me. You're a kind friend. You're so giving. I appreciate just you. Just willing, willing to share. Yes. Well, the world needs more of that. So, um, <laughs> Meg, so yeah. we are now officially in the off season. It's super wild card weekend this weekend. The Dallas Cowboys are not playing. I will be watching. Don't say. Yeah. Nope. That's not a thing. And <clears throat> I, it, it's funny because it's only been literally a minute and it feels like we're already pretty knee deep in the off season <laughs> with all the storylines. So honestly, it really does. I, I kind of wanted to be able it's to been like three months, hasn't it? Since yeah. uh, <laughs> I wanted to properly put a tie a bow on the 2020 season. It doesn't really deserve a bow. It deserves more like some duct tape and, I don't even know. It would be like a if I tied a bow, which I'm very bad at, that's what it would look like. Same. I'm not one of those girls that's good at the bows thing and everything. It's like I hate bows in general. I actually have a thing against bows. Everyone since like they actually give me a gag reflex. This is a true story. And when I was younger, I used to cut them off of my like my clothes and stuff. Like it was it girly girl things just don't jive with me. So <clears throat> we don't do probably, both. However, I can't tie them. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so anyways, I'd like to duct tape this box, this hell box, this bag of coal that was the 2020 season. <laughs> and you know what? In true girls talking boys, Kelsey Charles form, I'm going to ask you to find your favorite little victories, maybe your top five moments from the season. I kind of put together some of mine in no particular order, but let's just reminisce for a minute because it wasn't all terrible. Most of it was, but it wasn't all terrible. So we're going to find the bright sides to this. How's that sound? Beautiful. Perfect. Um, I will actually let you begin because I'm sure we both have one thing at least in common. I'm not sure if you're going to leave with it or not, but I'm going to go ahead and let you take the floor. What's your first one? Um, well, I'm just going to say my first one because it's one that like, um, I kind of got hype on in the last off season. Um, 
the rise of Neville Gallimore excited me thoroughly in a season where there is nothing exciting happening. Nothing I really. That. I love Because I knew, I like, once I got a good read on this guy, I was like, his energy, I like, I feel good about him. And when he was given the opportunity to play, granted, he's a rookie, granted, he hasn't played a lot. But like the impact and the upside that I see this guy having, the fact that we were able to see it this season, get him ready, get him on the field. Um, I am really excited to see uh, what comes from him next year. And it, w- it was just a highlight for me of this season. It's funny with Neville because obviously he's a rookie and we're super excited about him. And we talked a lot about, you know, his journey getting to the NFL and he's got a really cool story. We did an interview with Jessica Cootie from OU, um, the Sooner Sports TV reporter back in the off season. We talked about him and <clears throat> he's a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the year, obviously they're going to ease him in, you know, he's starting out. He had very limited playing time, only playing 8% of the snaps in week one. Again, very obvious, but he played this last week. And again, this is a final game, but 72% of the snaps. So I would say his average hit more about like the 50% range. Once he really started to hit his stride come like the Pittsburgh game and the Minnesota game, I feel like that's really, you know, mid season is really truly when the emergence began and he got to be a little bit more comfortable in his position the things that he was being asked to do and his role with the team and like you said Meg yeah he's a guy that a lot of times I don't feel like you give these interior guys a lot of shine and um especially defensively I mean all of them really but I I was really impressed by what I saw with him. Um, he was able to get half a sack in the Philadelphia game too. So I feel like this is a guy that's going to 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 do some things for this team, and I'm excited for him. Let's go! It's my guy. <clears throat> On I'm just I, picking all my favorite defensive players. <laughs> good. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Got to have some sort of little victory on the defense, right? We do. We definitely do. Um, Let's stay on the rookie train for a minute. Um, I am going to say that drafting CeeDee Lamb was exciting to me. Yeah, that was on mine. Let's go. (laughs) I was going to say. But don't worry. I have backups. (laughs) I knew this one was on on your list. Because you and I watched the draft together, and when yes. he started to fall, we were could it be shook? And I think you know, again, everyone knew that it was supposed to hopefully be like a defensive guy and blah blah blah, and that would fill the need. And um, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, when you have a talent like CD Lamb fall into your lap. You have to go best player available. And I really think that the pick was so smart. He wore the 88 well. Talked to Michael Irvin several times this season. And um, I I think I said this before on this show, but I found out why CeeDee Lamb wore 88, by the way. Because at first, when when, when he was talking about wearing 10, I was trying, Meg and I were trying to figure out why, because he had a number that he used to wear that was because of his uncle that um, basically, 
you know, raised him at times or acted as a father figure. And it wasn't 10. Well, 10 was the number he wanted to wear initially because he loves Hopkins. And so he was trying to honor That's Hopkins. Fair. Right. And then Jerry came in and was like, well, hey, I feel like this is a sign. I have a story, blah, blah, blah. And about his former teammate and then 88. And then just obviously, you know, the 88 club and what CD could mean to this team. So anyways, I'm just really excited about what CD brings to the table. Um, I'm bummed that he didn't get to the thousand yard mark as a rookie. He was at 935 for the year, five touchdowns. Um, but just, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. No one made the Pro Bowl for the first time in forever for the Cowboys. But I feel like outside of, the Justin Jefferson's of the world, he's in that conversation. You've got the, you know, the, the Brandon Ayuk's that, you know, the, I just, I've, I, T Higgins, I feel like these guys all really had themselves a nice year. And I would definitely put CD towards the top of that class right there. CD's going to make the Pro Bowl. He's going to. He's going to make a lot of Pro Bowls. So I, Pro Bowl. Honestly, the Pro Bowl is going to suck this year because of COVID. So I'm actually like good for him for not making it because it's going to be, a, it's not going to be a good experience. So, so actually what happened was that we decided that like we didn't want to go, you know, that's really what we did. We saved ourselves and him from this. So we, we, that's what we did. You're welcome. Basically. <laughs> um, because if you can't go experience the what's it called whatever disney world um magic kingdom i almost said united kingdom this is where we are <laughs> good morning uh magic kingdom in its full glory it's not worth it i i am all or nothing on this anyways uh drafting celium was exciting for me so what do you have on your list um the week that ben denucci was the starting quarterback <laughs> not the same the week, week. Before the game. Dude, yes. Yes. Ben DiNucci. The TikToks, the just overall weird hype on Twitter. It was just a time, really. It was like, if I could just bottle up that energy, you know? <laughs> that was fantastic. Millions. It was good. It was great. It was awesome. Ben DiNucci. Yeah. I wish he wouldn't have gotten killed, but you know what? At the same time. I hope He's he not- gets squatty plays for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm so proud of that question. <laughs> That's a good like, question. I just feel like squatty potty truly could have had a chance to be like, hey, listen, we know you. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I love that journey for us. Not really for him, but mainly for us. And nice guy. Yeah. Like hopefully he continues his development with the team. I am going to stay on the CD train because what happened in Minnesota, the catch was (laughs) so the 2020 catch, the 2020 catch, like they call it, they call it the Minnesota miracle. That is the new Minnesota miracle or the Minneapolis miracle. Like that was Minnesota miracle. That was Minnesota miracle 2020. But it actually happened in New Orleans, which is ironic. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> um, anyways, I uh, I just I thought did. that was such a fun game. That was so fun to watch. It was. It was. Well, it was like the fact that one, like we went in that game with. Very low expectations. Very low. Or at least 
I did. And then I had my family chirping at me. Yes. And then I just got to be like, so about what I what you were saying. Yes. It's just so much joy. Yes. And it was just funny to me too, because they had no fans. And so when all these like insane plays were happening and like the Cowboys were just being like, we were like, who is this team? And then CD makes that insane catch. There's it's it's crickets. And it was just the most incredibly wild dichotomy of all time. So bottle that up, maybe add a little more crowd noise next time, but keep that same energy for 2021. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Here for it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what's up? Um, let's see. Well, I'm going to go with – I'm going to stick, stick to defense here. Okay, um, okay, okay. I know – I'm going to predict you, what you're going to do. You know what I'm going to say. I do. You Trayvon know what I'm going to say. Trayvon Diggs. Oh, no. Incorrect. Oh! Oh, no. Randy. Yes. <laughs> Randy. Randy. Randy Greggs deserves all the shine, all the pats on the back. Yep. I'm ready. Let's let's get this man here longer. I love him. I'm so proud of him. He had a good season. Can we tell That was that was obviously very like like it meant a lot to me as a uh cradle husker. Uh so to see him come back from everything and just play his mind or play out of his mind like you loved it can we tell the high level version of the story of the thing that he did yeah so I just I I love Randy as a player and it's so cool to watch him come back to the game and I haven't gotten really a ton of chances to connect with him personally um 
but I, I hear a lot about him through some of my colleagues, just what a great person he is. And, um, so we were kind of talking, I got, I got the chance to interview him on my other show that I do with Dave, the TV show. And he follows on Twitter. Um, long story short, he's a wonderful guy. And you guys, I think we've talked about it briefly on the show. Um, Meg kind of had, you know, a, a medical thing happen in her family and your family's big Huskers fans. So he went out of his way and made a little video giving you guys a shout out, just like thinking of y'all, but also like go Huskers. And I just, I don't know. In He in- made a lifelong Huskers day. I shouldn't say lifelong, but a very long time <laughs> Huskers day. Um, and it, in a time of darkness, it was a big light. So it was awesome to have um, you guys do that and get Randy to uh, give him a little shout out. It meant a lot and just even solidifies how much, like I'm even more in his stanhood, I should say. Yeah. Than I was. Because a lot of times like players, like when they hear that, like, I mean, not a lot of times, but there's, there's a, there's a contingency who are just like, oh, like, you know, they just kind of move on with their day. And then he was like, no, like I need, I'm like, let's do something. And I was like, you're so awesome. Like, that's cool that you are, you know, interested in making an effort here. And so anyways, I just feel like it was a moment that continued to speak to his character so much that I've heard so much about. So I thought it was really cool. And um, <clears throat> in conclusion, we stand Randy Gregory harder than ever. Harder before. than ever before. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's stay on the defense. Trayvon Diggs, man. Trayvon yeah, Diggs. Diggs. You know what? This is the thing. We've talked so much about him. Corner coming out of Alabama. There's another corner uh, out of Alabama that is getting some big talk this year. If that happened, that would be pretty hilarious. If we had two corners <laughs> from Alabama in the backfield, wouldn't hate it. I'm okay with it. I don't know if it's going to fall, if he's going to fall. Um, <clears throat> but Trayvon, you know, I really feel like this year, we saw the uniqueness of him playing wide receiver in a, in a past life and how that really helped him in his role in the NFL and in transition to corner, um, obviously with that injury that kept him out. Um, but, you know, he's got three interceptions and it's, it's one of those things like as any smart defensive coordinator is going to target the rookie. And because of that, you're going to have a lot of good looks and you're going to have a lot of bad looks at first until you really become the 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 playmaker and the boss that you we can know be. that you can be yes yeah. but damn it if I'm not excited <laughs> yeah I mean well I think we said it many times um baptism by fire for sure uh he got he got that this year a hundred percent and he came out looking good still so that says a lot yeah I totally agree I totally agree um, so anyways, I was really excited for him and the emergence of him. And I just really look forward to watching him be and become a playmaker on this team for many years to come. Heck yeah. All right. Um, this one's more of like a real moment. Um, but the comeback versus Atlanta. Oh, dude. Was- 20, 21 points. <laughs> how do they do this dude falcons might be what a game 
The Falcons might be a more snake bitten fan base than the Cowboys at times. It's like, I think overall they might have, they've had more recent success, but I feel like they've also had more recent, like, incredible heartbreak <laughs> where you're just like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. They should probably hire Stacey Abrams as their head coach, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just such, such a game. Cause like the whole time we were all like, I'm throwing stuff. Like everyone's cussing on the internet. Like we're getting mad. We're like, are we, is this seriously how we're going to do this? Like we're better than this. And then, just like clockwork, Dak turns it on, MVP performance, stud, unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was awesome. Now, that was a time. I was like, wow. That was a time. That was <laughs> it. I keep saying that, but it's true. But then That's at the end, too, the game was awesome, obviously coming back. And I was like so excited Ooh. to be like, Oh, the Falcons blew a 21-point lead, and I was going to post something about it and joke, and then I was like, this won't age well, and it didn't, so I'm glad I didn't do that. But <laughs> what did age well was in the post game when Hayden Hurst, the tight end for Atlanta, went up to Dak at the end of the game. Loved it. Yeah, and talked about how it made such a big difference for him, and he was really proud of it and happy that Dak spoke out about mental health and things like that because Hayden himself has his own foundation based on his own experiences with mental health and, yes. um, you know, like suicidal thoughts and things of that nature. And, um, you know, on this show, if you listen, have been listening for a while, that's a really big thing for Meg and I, and we do talk about those things and we do think it's important. So that to me, like I get like emotionally even like remembering it, that was a moment for me. And I'm, I'm so down for normalizing and, and destigmatizing mental health. So all around good day, in my opinion. Oh yeah. MV MVP performance from back last second win Atlanta jokes. Um, and Dak and Hayden connecting. Wow. Chef's kiss. Mm. Chef's, Chef's kiss. kiss. What more could you ask for besides nothing? Well, maybe <laughs> some more wins after that. <laughs> Anyways, we were so, this is also, <laughs> this is also, Oh wait, no, it's your turn. JK. Oh no, I was going to, I was just going to say like, I was like, we were so starry eyed then. Like I remember, like I remember oh, yeah. being so, so optimistic what happened. Um, well, I'll go back to the beginning of the season myself uh, for a quick one for you before it was, it was right before Dak died. Um, but it was fun. Nonetheless, Don't say Cedric, that. Was, I, I'm sorry, but it was true because it was just like the biggest roller coaster possible. Cedric Wilson's, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Cedric Wilson's touchdown to Dak was so fun. <laughs> and what a moment. And then it wasn't. And so I loved that in the Giants game. I just thought that was really fun. I like how Kellen Moore has been creative at times. I think we also felt well, like so that of- just like leads right into my last thing that I, I had was uh, not a moment, but it's Kellen Moore getting, uh, getting creative on as OC. We are the same human. (laughs) I swear. Yeah. Um, But like, that's a perfect example of it, but just the way that's actually, yeah. If you want to go into it more on that, because I think you had more of a point on Kellen and that play in particular, but no, go ahead. I just think, I just think in general, like you said, like we saw some touches of it. I think that 
in the past we felt like he felt maybe he needed to be more conservative because of the leadership in the room. And now that feels like, you know, there's different parts of the game that have been enabled a little more um, levity, a little more slack to do so and, and have some creativity. I think at times it's definitely backfired and we feel like they force things. It's like, Hey man, like you don't need to force it to Noah Brown every single time. But like at the same time, I, I think I would rather have someone who toes the line of being a little too creative maybe than just so standard that it's like, bro, we know what you're going to run because it's literally all you do. Right. It's like, okay, you're going to give to Zeke for the first two, and then you're going to pass it on third down. Right. Don't miss that. Yeah. But um, it's been like the way that he's utilized um, later in the season, especially, but Tony Pollard, and then the way they were able to take a broken O-line and make it um, serviceable, um, just the way he's gotten creative in his play calling. It's just, it's been, um, it's been nice to see. And I'm glad, I know we talked about this um, a while back, but now he's officially staying. I guess it wasn't a while back. It was not that long ago. Regardless, it's been three months since New Year's. Um, But he's staying with the Cowboys. I'm surprised, but very happy about it. so I'm excited to see what he's able to do with the quarterback that he planned on having when he started this season and, um, and the offense that he planned on having. So let's go. Yeah. It's too weird. I totally agree. Um, let's keep getting weird. I am excited for that. Um, I really think it's going to be fun and I look forward to it for sure. Come 2021, because I don't know why he decided to stay here in Dallas. I heard some rumors. I heard some things. I think um, uh, Jerry gets what Jerry wants. Yeah. I mean, I think Troy Aikman went on the ticket uh, the other day and followed up on his comment on the broadcast because I know I couldn't have been the only one that heard that. I was like, why am I the only one talking about this right now? But either way, <laughs> uh, Troy was like casually, yeah, I heard he accepted the job, but then he came, he didn't. And so what Troy elaborated a little further on the ticket and said that, Basically, he heard that um, Kellen accepted the job, but then was talking about the resources he needed to bring the program to where he wanted, and they weren't going to be able to give that to him. So he was like, hey, listen, let's try again another time. So, And then Jerry, of course, we talked about before, wrote the open up. He was like, I'll give you whatever you want. Exactly. Babe. Um, I have two quick ones to end out because I was just thinking about them. One, Antoine Woods at fullback. That creativity needs to happen on the goal line. <laughs> I need Tuan. Well, you know what? He's up for free agency. Damn it. I don't care. Wherever it is, if it's not with us, I need an Antoine Woods touchdown celebration and I need it badly. So yeah. that's one. Cool. I enjoyed that and I enjoyed joking with Moose about it. And two, last to tie out, um, to truly, truly, if I had to pick one of my favorite things from the year, it was the emergence of Dalton Schultz. Obviously, with the you know departure of Jason Witten to the Raiders in the offseason, and then and then Blake Jarwin going down with the ACL. Um, I think there was a lot of question about what do we have in Dalton Schultz, and a lot of people had just pushed him off to the side like he was a scrub and didn't matter. And he really 
really stepped up to the plate and seized this opportunity and gave this team a reason to believe and truly have faith in him. And now I'm excited about the prospect of our tight end room with jaw with jaws returning. And we talk about Kyle Pitts as a target potentially for the off season in the draft this year. And it's like, Oh, when we talk about the tight end room, it's like a Pitts, Jarwin and Schultz. Like he's a part of this conversation and that's awesome. I was just, you, he, he just was such a silver lining to me. He's a scoring machine. What can we say? <laughs> I really need you to find out who said that. We need to. I, it was need, someone on the Cowboys, like Cowboys broadcast. Yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know. It's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure this out. Yeah. We need to, My I know your brain is you, you have it in your brain because your brain doesn't forget anything, but I need you to remember <laughs> that because we need to give credit to that. I need to talk to that person and be like, how yeah. did you know? How did you know? <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> it was good stuff oh man good good uh good broadcasting there it was all right guys well um those are some of our favorite moments this year I would love to hear about some of yours you can find us on social media I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles on Twitter and at hey Kelsey Charles on Instagram Meg is at Meg Murray with four R's on Earthang. And guys, if you're not subscribed to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed, what are you doing? Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Also, you can find us on the YouTube as well. Subscribe there. We'll be back next time, though, for more of Girls Talking Boys. Meg, in the interim, though, leave the people with what they want. Dallas forever, Philly for never. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>